Welcome to the Supergirl Supercast, part of the incomparable network of podcasts. Today we're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 15 of Supergirl, titled, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I'm your host, David Schaub. And I'm Deanna Chapman. And here's the recap. Lex is introduced in all his psychopathic glory. James isn't dead yet. Everyone blames Manchester, but none of us are surprised by the twist. Actually, Nia and Brainy unfairly blame themselves. Brainy has difficulty coping, and Nia kisses him. But he doesn't think they can be together because Keanu Reeves says so. Now that James is dying, Lena is driven to work with Lex to save him. Lex is dying too, conveniently. James's sister Kelly shows up. She's great. And a potential Alex ship? Lena finishes the Harunel curative tonic, which shouldn't make people super. James and Lex are both healed. Lena just can't read anyone. Missing that Lex was manipulating her from the start, and that Miss Tessbacher has been Lex's plant the entire show. Manchester Black continues to force a character arc on John. Manchester gets the Staff of Kolar from where John's dad merged with Earth. Manchester pisses John off so much that he steals the calf and disintegrates Manchester. Manchester dies content, seeing John as a beautiful killer. Were we supposed to ship these two? <laughs> Who knows? I was getting to that point and going, Really? Beautiful. Hmm. I hadn't interpreted that way. Yeah, same. <laughs> but let's start with the flashback before the show even started. Yeah, that was interesting because we knew that Lex was going to be introduced in this, but we didn't necessarily know how. So to have the first glance at him be in a flashback, you're like, okay, that is one way to introduce him, and he certainly is crazy, so there's that at least. For the most part, I quite like the flashback, except that it made it very difficult later on to deal with how Lena responds to Lex. Right. And we'll get to that more going forward. As a, here's Lex Luthor, oh, by the way, this is really Lex Luthor. <laughs> they did a really good job of not only having him there and introducing kind of his interaction with Lena, but having her, like, tied up in a chair while he kills people for no apparent reason. Wow. It was certainly a big entrance for him, to say the least. Yeah. And if that was their goal, I think they succeeded. Well, we'll go forward with the rest of the episode and see if the rest of it holds together. Yeah. <laughs> but we did see, therefore, that James survives. But he does get hurt. And the strange part in this show, I thought, of many strange parts, was Brainy and Nia deciding to blame themselves and interact in all these little scenes. So let's just talk about the state of the Brainy and Nia relationship. Which is to say... In short, that it is no more because Brainy apparently keeps blaming himself for things not working. And for some reason, that means, you know, the two of them aren't going to work together because he probably knows too much about the future. And I think that's something that is holding him back from being happy in the present. There's definitely something to that as the interpretation of what's going on. The quote, I believe, from Speed relationships based on intense experiences never work. And I really like how Nia performs The Wise Man is Keanu Reeves, beautifully timed. But it implies more that he's simply scared. True, yeah. And that this, this situation, he's worried about the relationship being created 
in a context that is not a long-term relationship context. I can't tell if that's the reason or if it's because he knows something and he knows they can't be together because the quote and the explanation, I don't know if it really meant that. It could be some combination of the two things. You know, this is something that seems fairly new for Brainy. And I think part of him just doesn't know how to handle it so because he's not used to interacting super well with people (laughs) in general. He is getting better throughout his appearances on the series because he's surrounded by all of these people who are very capable of that, or at least for the most part are. Sometimes they're very bad at it, but (laughs) that's besides the point. (laughs) In many regards, this is a better brainy episode. He isn't really being used for comedy relief, and he's being given a challenge. Like, you're a cybernetic, partially AI being. Here, you have to be really emotional. It's something he doesn't have an answer for, and I think that's what makes it a better episode for him. Absolutely. And I do not think this is the end of their relationship. I'm still sure that something's going to get worked out. They're just drawing it out because they like to hurt us. Yeah, it seems too new for them to just be like, oh, yep, we're done with this part of the story. (laughs) I don't think that'll happen. I think there will be more there and it'll be interesting to see maybe just brainy learning to cope with emotions. Because maybe this is like all characters in this show are always introduced to their first relationship. Maybe this is Bernie's first relationship. Yeah. So getting on to the meat of the episode, we have all of the stuff with Lena and Lex and James in the hospital. It's exciting. We see Lex in the flashback, but then we're reintroduced to them him in the present. And ah, what did you think of this interaction with Lex and Lena? And do you feel it sort of matches with the flashback. I think Lex always has some ulterior motive. And even though he might have actually been very, very sick, I feel like he has always been sort of keeping an eye on what Lena has been working on. And obviously, we find out later that he's been paying Eve to basically be on his side. And That's something that I want to get into in a little bit here, because I was like, I don't know if that really worked for me. But as far as Lex's second introduction goes in the present day, you're like, okay, we know this isn't going to be Lex just coming to be nice and have Lena save him, basically, or to help Lena, really. He's always going to help himself first. This introduction answers a bunch of questions we had. It gives the opportunity to say that Trish was right and Lex has been manipulating the president. (laughs) And I really like the fact that Lex is manipulating the president because without that, the setup for this episode would be ridiculous that Lex got out of jail to be near a potential cure. Like, you got to be kidding. Right. But because of the manipulating the president bit, it holds together. And I really like that we are given the explanation to the kind of non-communicative breakup between Lena and James in that it wasn't their breaking up because of the government issue or working with the government. It was because Lena was working with Lex. And that makes way more sense for her trying to distance herself from James. Yeah, it really does. It's interesting because there's lots of repeated storylines with Lex. And uh, yes, last episode, I was making a joke about Lex Luthor being president because he's often president. But the other thing Lex is often is 
dying of kryptonite poisoning cancer. And <laughs> that's the one we're introduced to here. And he's almost certainly accurately dying of cancer from his playing with kryptonite. Apparently enough kryptonite radiation can hurt people. So I don't think that's a lie. But yeah, there's this whole thing of how in the world can Lena not be putting this together? Yeah, it's one of those things where the show seems to have a Lena Luther problem. She's one of the smartest people on the show, and yet she can't figure certain things out that she should be able to figure out. And I think that kind of leads us to my point about Eve, because we never really see enough of her character to know what her motives are. You know, did Lex get to her before she started working with Lena or when he found out she was going to be working with Lena? Because she was basically an assistant at CatCo. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're extremely smart. Why are you working here? And it's like, okay, that is a very, very strange thing to do to be an assistant at CatCo when you have, you know, this crazy degree that you could be putting to good use. And it's like, okay, so was she planted at CatCo because Lex knew Lena was going to buy the company and would have access to the company and meet Eve that way? It's kind of like it was planned out by Lex, but we have no idea how or when or we kind of get the why. But it's just that part felt very messy to me. It's like, oh, all of a sudden Eve is evil? I think you really need to have two separate conversations. You have to have the, what are the Doyleist reasons for this? And what are the Watsonian reasons for this? Because they're not the same. I suspect that in Doyleist land, they brought Miss Tessmacher in to be the assistant at CatCo. They liked the actor. And then they decided to do this when they shifted her into working with Lena. Right. That's the production path that this took. I do not buy that she was brought in to be the assistant at CatCo with this in mind. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but it just seems bizarre. Yeah. The Watsonian land is that Lex wanted a plant and put her there in CatCo. And it does also nicely explain how she went from CatCo to working with Lena because she's a plant and actually was way overqualified for being an assistant and was doing it because she was a plant. So I think both of those can work. I just don't think they're the same. Yeah, I guess my issue with it is that we never really see enough of Eve to know that she's going to suddenly flip sides, it seems. You know, we see her here and there assisting Lena. And, you know, she tries to warn Lena about the whole James diving into... Corp's budget and everything. But all she's tried to do that we've seen is help. And then next thing you know, she has a gun pointed at Lena and you're like, how did we get here, really? <laughs> if you wanted to say that stories should play fair and give the audience a means of guessing something, they didn't give us anything, I don't think. Yeah. Even in this episode, right until the point of turning, she's doing things that look seem bizarre after we know. So she has a conversation with Lena where she basically is saying, do you really want to give Lex access to this stuff? Is this a good idea? Are you really sure about that? Now, maybe that's just some really complicated reverse psychology going on. Yeah. 
in Doyle's land, but it, it really doesn't feel like they're playing fair. They had this in mind, and they're just going to hit the switch at some point, and the character changes. And, and that, I agree, hurts a little bit, especially because it doesn't feel like they had that planned out from the beginning. Right. It felt more sudden than I think they probably wanted it to. It would have been cool if we even just saw Eve maybe texting someone and we didn't see who it was, but she kind of had this mysterious vibe about her the whole time, but she never had that. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is a thing we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing she does in this episode that you could have given it as a hint is Eve brought the drug just in case. And that was it. And that really is nothing. (laughs) Yep. The other thing, which I thought was cute, outside of the Miss Tussmarker stuff, was I had a brief idea of an image inducer being used in the previous episode. And I was right. An image inducer was used. (laughs) But not to have Lex pretend to be the president. No, it's that one of the police guards on Lex was actually Otis Graves. Yeah, that was something I didn't really see coming. At first, I thought maybe Lex had just paid off one of the guards. I wasn't expecting the guard to be using an image inducer and then turn out to be Otis Graves. So that was kind of a nice little surprise in the episode. And obviously, he is going to do some damage because I'm sure he's not very happy with Supergirl either. No. And I think this part of manipulation worked really well, though, because that guard, who was actually Otis, was super, super mean to Lex all the time. Yeah. And clearly now, looking back at it, that was a manipulation for trying to get Lena to be more sympathetic towards Lex. Exactly. We really should get to that next, but I was really impressed with that little bit, where even there, Lex was getting himself abused for the sake of creating a degree of sympathy from Lena. He will go to extreme lengths to get what he wants. (laughs) Absolutely. What I really want to discuss here is back to why can't Lena figure out what Lex is doing? And not only that, but why is she working with him? And it implies she was working with him. And not only has she been working with him before James was shot, but they've been having phone calls with each other on like a weekly basis. And I have difficulty getting to there from what we saw in the flashback, where she is horrified of him, she is locked into a chair. He is killing people all around her. And they then sort of fall back into a sister-brother relationship. And it just felt too easy. It felt they needed that relationship to be at that point in this episode. Really, Lena. Yeah. You spent all of this show getting out from under Lex. And what are you doing? Yeah, I just really have so many problems with how they've written Lena for, you know, almost the entirety of her appearances. I like the character so much. 75% of the time, I can buy it that she is very technically powerful and she is good at manipulating, but for some reason she's also easily manipulated. They're building the character like that and it could kind of work, but I don't know if they sell it. Yeah, I feel like they're just giving her some really stupid storylines considering how smart she is. It's like, really? You're going to tell me she can't figure out who Supergirl is? And it's one of those things where when she was going through that whole phase where she just really did not like Supergirl, you could tell that Kara was always extremely uncomfortable whenever she would bring it up. And yet Lena never noticed. Not once. (laughs) 
And oddly, no one really defends Supergirl when Lena's yeah. in the room bad-mouthing her. That always seemed a little strange, too. But, oh, yeah, I don't know. Because this is all comes back to the reason why Lena and James broke off, was her working with Lex and just... Right. He's dying. He's obviously dying. He's trying to make her go faster. Of course he shot James. Yeah. We have the added notice that James didn't hit the emergency button, but the shooter hit the emergency button on James's watch. So we clearly have more of a hint that there's something up, not just Manchester. But still, ah, hard. It's funny because when they showed James getting shot, I almost had this idea that Eve was the one who shot him. And I don't really know why, because it was well before we even saw the flip happen in the episode. And I was like, well, what if Lena made her shoot him so she could play hero and save him? And I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that, because <laughs> that would have been exactly what I didn't want them to do with Lena, even more so than what they already done with Lena because I was like uh oh what if yeah, Lex really to gets Lex. to her and she becomes just like Lex I kind of had that go through my head and then I was like I don't know I don't know if that's you know reasonable and then you know with Eve turning out to be evil it could have been possible that she had done it for Lex but it was Otis so you know there's still that yeah I was worried that they were going to push Lena darker, and I think they would have if they weren't introducing Lex, yeah, because Lex is around, Lena is going to sort of have how dark she gets rounded off mm-hmm. and I expect we'll probably start to now see a transition because it's not likely she's going to be presented as the mad scientist when Lex is around, and especially not after yet again her finding out this manipulation, and Lex didn't even really need to tell her that he was the one who shot James. Right. She could have figured that out, at least, I would hope. If nothing else, she should have figured that out, too, and not needed Lex to spoon-feed her that one bit of plot element that we all could tell was the case anyway. Right. But yeah, I don't think Lena's going to go down that dark of a path, and hopefully we're now going to see her on some degree of her redemption arc. I hope so, and I hope they just do a much better job with the character by the end of the season, but... You know, we get a good amount of her and Lex interacting in this, but we only see a small glimpse of her in the room with James in this episode. And you can tell that there's this tension there, even though she just saved his life. You know, there's sort of this awkwardness in the room because everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah, things are going to hit the fan here. Yeah, and overall, you know, we didn't get too much of James in this episode, even though a good chunk of it sort of centers around him. We get all of that information through the other characters. You know, you have Alex meeting Kelly. Kara has clearly already met her. So you have this new character, at least new to us, really, who comes in and does exactly what she should be doing. You know, which seems kind of rare sometimes for these (laughs) CW shows. It's like, oh, okay, someone came in like they were supposed to and they were where they needed to be. I really like that aspect of Kelly in in that she almost is our view into this episode because she is just dealing with an impossible situation. And at every moment, she is absolutely reasonable. And they give a reason why she's reasonable is she has training and experience to back it up. 
I think we're certainly supposed to like Kelly, and darn it, I like Kelly. Yeah, exactly. And we also get that moment of tension between Alex and Kara because Kara is off helping Jean figure out the whole Manchester Black thing. And Alex is like, you should be here. Why are you not here? Why do you need to go help? Because, again, you know, she doesn't know that Kara is Supergirl now. So she's like, why does a journalist need to do this? You really should be here. James is your best friend. And Alex has perfectly valid points the whole time. To me, that one is a bit of a stretch, though. I would actually ask the question, why is Alex there? Alex's role has a lot of importance and a lot of requirements on her. And while it might not be quite the same for Kara, it's not like they could actually do anything. They're not extra kin. They can't make any decisions about it. James is unconscious. I have some difficulty with the manipulation there, and both Alex and Kelly both seem to lay on a why isn't Kara here thing. And maybe the show always wants that tension of why is Kara not being Kara when she's being Supergirl. But to me, it it felt a little forced. It worked a little bit when it was explicitly said that Kara was going to go off and help John. But really, what could Kara do? She's a reporter. They're trying to track someone down. That doesn't seem that unreasonable to me. I get that. I think the way they set up the hospital scenes, though, everyone else was there. So, you know, it's like, okay, Nia is technically a reporter too, but her and Brainy are still at the hospital the entire time. And Brainy arguably doesn't even know James nearly as well as the rest of them. I would argue that it doesn't actually matter where Nia and Brainy are in this episode. I mean, they're basically interacting with each other and they're interacting because of the events. But I think they were just in the hospital because the filming was in the hospital. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's more a fault of the production. It's like, okay, well, I guess you could say that Alex is thinking, well, Brainy and Nia are here. Why isn't Kara? (laughs) And it's one of those things where, like you said, because of the production, that's why their scenes take place. They're not really necessarily with Alex and Kelly the entire time. So I think they just tried to kind of get that tension going between Alex and Kara again. And that was the best way they could do that, given the context of this episode. Exactly. And they did do some good scenes while they were there. I like the scene very briefly between Lena and Brainy, when Lena's going to go visit James and they tell her that it's not visiting hours. And she says, well, I'm not a visitor. I own this hospital. And Bernie gives the nice little callback, little boxes, comrade, which I think is <laughs> yeah. a wonderful bit of emotional support coming from Brainy. Right. It's because him and Lena both have this not necessarily advanced way of thinking, but, you know, their intelligence level is pretty much above that of everyone else on the show. So for them, it's crucial that they are able to compartmentalize these things. Otherwise, they would not work at the capacity that they do. And possibly they're the two where their emotional competence is a little lower. Yeah. Regarding Kelly, uh, getting back to that, I really did like her one line. You're proposed that we hold off on James's surgery, risking his life for hours only to administer a drug that might still kill him. Kelly's just great. (laughs) Very rational person compared to everyone else on the show. Are we supposed to think, and I don't know what the casting is and whether we're going to see Kelly again, is Kelly a potential ship for Alex? 
You know, I wonder if because she's already military, she could end up working with the DEO for whatever reason. They always find reasons for people to be at the DEO. So I don't see why they wouldn't be able to keep her. And I just took a peek at IMDb and it does say she will be back, but it says episode 5.1. So season five, episode one, basically. And it's not titled or anything yet. There's no description. So who knows if that's actually accurate because she is literally the only cast member listed, which is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we haven't really got into it. I think we'll have a conversation later in the season. But next season, CW World is going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we move on to the Jean Jones and Manchester Black storyline, which was something <laughs> it's strange i this is why i had that question it's like are we really maybe supposed to ship them like what's what are the feelings they're just the intensity that these two characters are interacting with each other that i'm almost tempted to go there with it and i don't know if that's the intent or it's just manchester really wants to see that dark powerful manhunter power being released it just it was very extreme in all ways, emotionally all over the map. They have the return to the scene where John's father is pulled into the ground, to which John gives the Mm -hmm. line, you burned my father's grave to teach me a theology lesson. All of this is just how much can I take this staff and twist it into John to make him feel worse and worse? Wow. Yeah, there's just something sinister about Manchester Black the entire time, especially in this episode, because it's like his attention has turned from Ben Lockwood to Jean. And you're like, wait, do you want that guy dead or do you want to see the darkness coming out for Jean sort of thing? And he does something so cruel in this episode to make him relive his children being taken away and killed. And it's like, okay, that's not exactly the best way to get someone on your side. (laughs) You know, that's not very convincing. I think John had previously said that the only thing he could understand in Manchester's goal is as a death wish, that Manchester seems to be doing everything he can to try and get John to kill him. Right. And maybe that's actually the accurate representation of this is Manchester wants out. And his only path he sees is being killed by that one specific person. Strange. Yeah, I'm growing pretty tired of this storyline already. I was kind of hoping they would keep things a little more interesting when they brought him back. And it's like, okay, we got the leap for what, a couple episodes? And now it's just him again. And who knows if we'll see the leap again and the whole thing with the Children of Liberty and. I don't know. I feel like this season is trying to now do so many things because they've added in the Lex Luthor storyline, which I think is going to overshadow everything else from now until the end of the season. Oh, I think this is an entire replacement of plots. Yeah. I think the reason why the last couple episodes for dealing with the elite have been so rushed and so dense is they just needed to finish them and get them all done so they can now continue with the new plot. And I will be shocked except maybe on occasion, seeing much of the elite going forward, and Manchester's dead. So 
they've gotten that dealt with and they're now going to move on. And it just seemed a bit extreme in many ways, but maybe Manchester did get what he wanted. Yeah, it just feels like it wasn't as neatly wrapped up with the other members of the elite. It's like, oh, okay, they're just going to disappear and not come back. <laughs> well, we also had the last episode where John wasn't a telepath at all. And in this episode where he is a super telepath and the <laughs> plot revolves around it. So it's, yeah. it's uh, inconsistent a bit in that way, too. But the real question I have is, what did you think about the Kara and Alex zombies? That was weird, too. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's the thing they did. It didn't look super great to me on the screen. I was like, oh, okay. It seems like their makeup team did not have enough time to put this together, and here we are. <laughs> I actually quite liked the makeup of those. Granted, it's CW budget, so I guess you, you kind of get what you can afford. <laughs> I quite liked how successfully creepy those were. For what they can do in a TV show. True. And it already is super creepy, almost to the point of being out of place for the show. I was really happy with that one little scene. It doesn't really make any sense, but darn it, those were fun zombies. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just not much of a zombie person. So to me, I was like, okay, this is a little out of place, even for a superhero show. <laughs> I was like, did The Walking Dead suddenly show up or what? It definitely felt out of place and a bit arbitrary, but I did like it. I don't know. This really is a transition episode, so we're, yeah. we're basically wrapping up a bunch of the plots, and we are now going forward with our Lex Luthor plot, because, of course, at the end of the episode, James gets healed, Lex gets healed. We don't know for sure whether or not they're going to get powers. We've been told they're not getting powers. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I still feel like there will be some sort of side effect for James. It feels likely that there's going to be some type of side effect. And there's still a whole side plot, which we haven't seen in a few episodes. Red Supergirl, who also needs some curing, and she's oh, yeah. kind of created from Harunel as well. I forgot about that whole plot line, to be honest with you, because they just kind of bring it back at various whims. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Super slow burn on that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but in theory, the next time we see her will be connected to this, either someone from America or in America. So I think it will come back. Knowing our luck, Lex was behind it. So there's that. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's certainly possible that when they said they're, they're going to get help from America, they meant from Lex. I don't know if that's what they meant, or they just meant the American government. That seems strange, too. So I don't quite know where that's going. Yeah. A lot to wrap up by the end of this season, that's for sure. <laughs> no doubt. And we really don't quite know how they're going to now play what that plot line looks like going forward in the remaining episodes of the season. Yeah. I really do hope we get to see a little more of Eve, though, to better understand why she's working with Lex. because. From what we know, it wasn't even clear that she knew Lex other than by name and reputation, pretty much like most people. <laughs> I hope this isn't like the Sam and Rain thing where the the good version of the personality is interesting and neat to see on the screen and the evil person is kind of dull. Yeah. So hopefully she maintains some of her interesting character and maybe we will see more of her. Is interesting that she never became friends with the main cast, and uh, maybe that was telling that we had someone who was repeatedly showing up but not becoming friendly. 
Yeah, she had a few moments with Kara and James, I believe, during her time at CatCo, but she never really was brought into the fold as one of the members of the group. Exactly. Did you have any other feelings about this episode? (sighs) Just please fix Lena's character this season, please. (laughs) My hope, and I always have this hope, is that we're done screwing around with Lena's character and that they can try and do something consistent with it. I think they were desperate to try and figure out how to get Lex into the show and into the episode and show lots of interesting sibling dynamics. And I really quite liked some of their dialogue together, but it was just hard to understand how they got into that position in the first place and how they were staying in it. Yeah. Well, certainly in the position where Lena is going to be forced to be more of one of the good guys, without a doubt. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they sort of start fixing things going forward because there's a lot they could do with Lena. And I think now that they have brought Lex in so that she doesn't have to be, you know, the big bad, that will be a plus for the character. And we'll see her not only work through her relationship with Lex, but maybe she'll start warming up to Supergirl a little more once she realizes just how much of a threat her brother is. And she should know better than anyone, really. This episode ended with a cliffhanger of Kara looking at Lex while they were both in the air. Yes. So we're going to have to deal with explicitly that scene. I'm assuming Lex will get away, as he seems to be magically able to kill anyone he wants. Yeah, that would be no fun if he showed up for like an episode and a half and (laughs) then he was just back in jail. That's really unlikely. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Still have lots of players on the table, though. We've lost... The Elite and Manchester Black, but we still are going to have the Children of Liberty and the U.S. government, and the U.S. government's going to have their superpowered troops, probably, and we have Lex Luthor now. Yeah. So there's still lots of things to happen. Definitely. With that, I suppose I'll wrap it up. I'd like to thank the Incomparable Network for hosting us. Also, thank you all our listeners out there. We'd love to continue this discussion on the Incomparable Facebook group, the members' Slack channel, and Twitter at SG Supercast. Finally, thank you, Deanna. Thank you for having me back on. We'll be back following the next episode of Supergirl. Supergirl.